0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening Whenever you're listening to this um, I'd like to say hello again to my listeners um, The very few of you that currently exist um, This is another This is episode 2 of Justin Rants Episode 1 covered um, a hypothetical superhero scenario um, and, and it was... Very literal, and I think I I took the analysis of what I would do probably as far as I could possibly take it. I probably could have taken it a little further, but I wanted to, for time's sake, keep it to only like 15, 20 minutes. So um, it's kind of the same thing is going to happen with this Mm. podcast. So there's going to be two topics that we're going to cover today. So the first thing I want to talk about is cancel culture. It's this new phenomenon that's occurred um, over the course of the last year. It's um, it's it's like a it's like a slang term that's used now for um, the culture of ostracism of of different people or or you know organizations or even cultures for that matter that we as a society decide that we're just canceling them almost like as if you're canceling a tv show um you know how the comedians they make they'll make a joke that's in like bad taste and they'll get in trouble for it and so you know a lot of their a lot of people might get really upset with them and then they'll no longer want to watch their you know the tv show or They, you know, do comedy specials, they'll lose, they'll lose their, their ability to continue to do comedy specials on, you know, Netflix or HBO or whatever they, whatever streaming service maybe has picked them up. Um, a famous example of this is Louis CK, who got caught doing some stuff that was, um, you know, I'm not going to get into the details, but things that were not necessarily, uh, Acceptable among society And so he was basically Canceled for a while And I think he's made a little bit of a comeback But um, Basically cancel culture Is like This Modern form of ostracism In which Society and, And when I say society I mean social media basically because Our society is You know We've we've basically moved from people, you know, with pitchforks out in the streets to people on Twitter, just getting a hashtag to, um, to surface and, and trend, you know, if you get a hashtag to trend, you know, you know, say for example, Rosie O'Donnell says something stupid or offensive. And, and then the next thing you know, you know, you get a hashtag that's turning on Twitter. That's like, you know, cancel Rosie or whatever. And then everybody's freaking out about it. And then everybody starts using the hashtag and then it it starts trending. And then when something's trending on Twitter, it starts to make the news and then the news starts spreading this and then, and then the news spreads via social media. So it's like this, it's like this cycle. It's like this infinite loop. Of once you are being canceled by social media, that's it. You really have no way to reverse the course of that because um, you know, social media doesn't care. too much for, for facts. You know as long as there's a, a little bit of legitimacy to it, um, you know, obviously death hoaxes appear often and famously, Abe Goda, who, um, I mean, he passed away I think like two or three years ago Famously he, he would constantly Have death hoaxes about him And so much so that somebody may Actually made a website called IsabeVigodaDead.com And so you would go to this website IsabeVigodaDead.com Abe Vigoda famously Started in, in The Godfather I think he was in part one and two If I remember correctly Super old guy Right. He's been around forever and just su- amazing how long he lived. Um, and he really didn't do anything in his, in the latter part of his life. He didn't really do anything. Um, notable, but people would be, you know, Hey, Abe Vigoda died. Did you hear about that? And then this thing would be trending on Twitter and everybody would be like, Oh, Abe Vigoda, the guy, the guy from Godfather. And so this person set up a website called is com, and you go to the website and it would just say, no in big bold letters. He's still alive. And then and then he actually died. And then you'd go to the website and it would say yes. And it had like a little gravestone and it had, you know, his birth date and his death, the date of his death. So anyway, so cancer culture is just this thing that's emerged since the 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 latter part of 2019, I think it started to get real big. And I did a little bit of research into it and I got an article here that I've been reading and I wanted to just share some of my thoughts on it. So first let's get past the definition of it. Cancel culture is a modern term to describe a person or company or or even a part of a culture That is being ostracized by a large, uh, by a majority of our society. So, and and primarily social media. So these people or these organizations or whomever, they're just getting canceled. People are done with them. They don't want to spend any money for whatever it is. They don't want to watch this person or this show or whatever. And so let, let me get a, give you a really quick example of some, somebody that's been canceled so that you kind of get an idea. Because I'm pretty sure everybody that's listening probably already has an idea of somebody that's been canceled um, or somebody who's been a victim of cancel culture. And and I, I use that term victim not necessarily to say that they didn't deserve it, but they were – the result of cancel culture caused them to be a victim in some way, shape or form. So first example, and this is just going to be the only example, uh, is JK Rowling. So JK Rowling made transphobic state, uh, tweets and, um, basically got canceled by, by Twitter because of these tweets and, there wasn't any like a you know, normally when somebody's cancelled by um or or a victim of cancel culture, they they try to, you know, publicly make an apology or something to try to, you know, get it dig themselves out of the hole that they've they've, you know, dug them themselves into because, you know, once you're canceled it can can pretty much ruin your entire career. Well, J.K. Rowling's already sitting on a pile of cash from all the Harry Potter books and movies and spinoffs and everything and the merchandise and everything, you know, like just, she's just so rich. It, it doesn't matter. We could cancel her and she's no worse for wear, but um, it is kind of an embarrassment to be, you know, publicly scolded on Twitter by all of your fans. And the majority of, of Harry Potter fans have, I think, you know, come out and said that this is unacceptable the way that, that, JK Rowling basically took this transphobic stance and a few days ago she doubled down and said that you know I still believe this stuff and she even went as far as to say that the majority of her fans support her which I think is a little ridiculous because how can you even prove that and I think that she her, her proof was saying that she received fan mail and all of the fan mail was like people supporting her that's a little bit of a ridiculous statement because that means that the only people that chose to send you fan mail chose to support you. That's not, that's a small percentage of your fans. Those are just the fans that decided to send you mail. What about all the fans that didn't decide to send you mail? What about the fans that sent you tweets? You know, are you including all of the people who have you know, decided that you're a horrible person on Twitter? Um, you know you you were trending at some point so if if you are trending on twitter millions of people are hashtagging you i think that that probably outweighs the the amount of fan mail you're receiving so you know i can't prove that either i can't prove that the majority of her fans don't support her but i find it hard to believe that the majority of people would be transphobic and support JK Rowling. I think that the majority of people don't support her and I think that she's basically been cancelled at this point point. and they're still going through with making these these really bad movies, these fantastic beasts movies and I saw the first one and it was okay. I didn't see the second one. It got panned and now Johnny Depp is no longer a part of it so they've got Mads Mickelson replacing him and I just couldn't care less um, about it. You know, I'm a Harry Potter fan myself. I think Harry Potter's a really great Uh, you know, it's a great idea. It's a great universe, like star Wars. It's kind of like George Lucas. He, he kind of created the star Wars universe and then it kind of took off from there, but he's, he was like a really terrible writer. And if not for, for the other people involved with, with helping him, like Steven Spielberg and other people, um, you know, the directors of the three movies, if not for them kind of steering this thing in the right direction, Star Wars could have been a torrential failure. So, you know, props to George Lucas and J.K. Rowling for coming up with this idea for these universes that now exist, these fantasy universes where everybody can enjoy them and, and you know, write their own fan fiction. Or, you know, we can get like an infinite number of spin off series, TV series, or spin off films that exist within these universes for all intents and purposes, she's been canceled. So I don't really care about JK Rowling anymore. So this is, this is the cancer cancel culture that we're, that, that is, is now, you know, very prevalent. And I think it's like a snowballing to the point where, you know back in twenty nineteen in the latter part of twenty nineteen something might have been cancelled. you know, like okay, yeah, we're kind of fed up with this let's let's get it trending on Twitter. People are fed up with it. It gets cancelled, you know it takes a little bit of time, maybe it takes a week or so. things are getting canceled like overnight now, like the Cleveland Indians. And I I know I said I was only going to use one example, but the Cleveland Indians just announced that they're going to drop the name Indians. They're going to drop the mascot. They're going to drop everything that is in any way, shape or form offensive to Native American people. And if you're not familiar with the Cleveland Indians, they have a very racist mascot. Their name is literally the Cleveland Indians, which is racist in itself. And I mean, just, just everything about it. I mean, we, and we have the, the red, the Washington Redskins dropped it, their name. Now they're called the Washington football team, which is a little ridiculous that they couldn't come up with a better team name than that, but whatever. I mean, it's better than the Redskins. And then we have the Kansas city chiefs, which is another football was a football team. Washington Redskins and the Kansas City Chiefs are football teams, whereas, um, the Cleveland Indians is a, is a major league baseball team. But anyways, point is they, th- this cancer culture has, has now kind of like perpetu- it has uh, perpetuated enough to where things are getting canceled, like overnight, like, boom, you know, you, you came out that you, you sexually harassed someone, you're, you're done. You know, it's going to spread like wildfire across Twitter and across other social media platforms, and you, you're you done. You're completely canceled. And so people are going to have to be really, really careful about what they say or what they do. And so let's weigh the positives and negatives. So the positives of cancel culture are that people are going to be more responsible about what they say. They're going to be, you know, more concerned about who they may offend. They might be more concerned about what they may do um, as if they shouldn't need a reason to do that in the first place. I mean, it's a powerful, motivating, you know, motivating force that social media is going to turn on you. So it, that's, that's a pro in that it's going to kind of lead to maybe a more tolerant society. Um, maybe people are going to think twice before they just throw out some opinion, you know, that could be a hot take on something that's going to really cause people to catch fire and, you know, turn on them. And then if we look on the con side of things, it's going to cause like this kind of tense environment for, for anybody who has like a big social media platform with a lot of followers, like, Say, for example, overnight, if I had like 500,000 followers or like 500,000 people listening to this podcast, instead of just like two people, I would 100% be way more concerned about what I said. I would probably like thoroughly vet everything I was going to say beforehand. I would be really worried that I would say something inadvertently that might offend someone, you know, not even trying to just saying something that was culturally insensitive, and, and that's a con because, you know, sometimes people make mistakes and they say things that can offend people and, and it's totally inadvertent. And I mean, there, we, there are so many examples of this that we could go over. And, you know, they issue an apology and they say, sorry, you know, I accidentally said this, I accidentally, you know, I didn't mean to offend you. There's t- plenty of times where people say things where they are intentionally trying to offend people, but I'm focusing on those, those times when people inadvertently uh, say something offensive. Good thing about a podcast is you can listen to it beforehand and you can kind of look over what you've said or read over maybe like a transcript of what you said prior to releasing it to the public. But sometimes people tweet, sometimes people will go live, which is really risky and especially if you're like extremely famous and you're not just some like, you know, low level TikToker, if you're like an actual, like, you know, big time celebrity and you go live, it's, you know, it's a recipe for disaster with cancel cancel culture being so prevalent now. So I'm interested to hear what other people's thoughts are about cancer culture. Um, and I, 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 I would, I would basically um, advise you to look into it a little bit. You know, there's not a whole lot of information about it out there because it's so new. There isn't even like a canonical source for those who have been victims of it. You know, there's like a little bit of um, information online. There's a few articles here and there about like people who have been victims of cancer culture, like the aforementioned JK Rowling, who was a victim of cancer cancer culture. Um, and then there was, you know, there's some comedians here and there, um, politicians obviously are going to be victims of cancer, cancel culture. Some people, some people are going to be victims of cancer culture and it's not even going to face, face them. Um, you know, like large corporations can, can stomp on people and do things that are, you know, like Amazon and Walmart, they can. They can mistreat employees in certain ways and we can go on Twitter and complain about it, but they really have so much more leverage over us that it's not really anything we can do about it. But then there are people who rely on their social media following. They rely on these people, these individuals, these, you know, these everyday people for their livelihood. And if those people turn on them, then it's over. They're done they're literally canceled. So that's basically, you know, that's my hot take on, on cancel culture and and what I think about it. And I, like I said, I think there's pros and cons to it. Um, I don't think we have any control over it anymore. I think it's already out there and there's nothing we can do about it. There's no way to like, there's no way to put it back in the bottle. Like it's out. We released it. Cancel culture exists. Now people will be publicly shamed and ostracized on social media if they do things that offend a majority. um, There's nothing we can do to take that back. And, you know, as society evolves, it's possible that cancel culture will no longer be as extreme as it is. Like right now, where where, like I said, you can be canceled literally overnight. You know, maybe eventually people will, you know, settle down a little bit and, you know, people won't, take it as ser- take things as seriously and, and just like make something virally trend overnight and just, you know, destroy someone for, for something they've said or done. But as it stands right now, cancer culture is like really, really big. Um, and, and if you, if it's not a word you've heard, then I would be very, very surprised if you're, if you're someone who uses any social media platform, I feel like you probably have heard of cancel culture by now, if not like in the last few days, just because of the most recent events. So, um, that's basically everything I have to say about cancel culture. You know, I'm sure we could go on a little more and I wish I could, uh, have people ask me questions. Um, you know, you can, um, uh, I could probably throw my email down, um, in the, in the episode description and you can, you can shoot me some questions and maybe I'll do like a follow up episode and answer questions. If you have thoughts or opinions on what you think, you know, if cancer cancel culture is a, is it a good thing that it's, you know, something that's kind of developed? Um, is it a bad thing? I mean, like I said, there's pros and cons to to it. Um, Try to play devil's advocate by saying that it, you know, it, it does work out sometimes in good ways. But then again, like I said, there can be victims of it where they inadvertently said something they didn't mean to say, and social media doesn't give them the benefit of the doubt. Social media doesn't care. It's 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 brutal. So you can get canceled really quick. Um, so, anyways, that's that's basically everything I have to say about cancel culture. So the second thing I wanted to talk about was camping. And so this is more of a lighthearted topic. The, the serious topic is, is over now. And now I want to talk about camping. So my wife and my, and my son want to go on a camping trip for Christmas. And I've, I have since agreed to this. And we're going to stay for two nights. And this is literally sleeping in the middle of the woods. This is something I've never done before. Now, I have gone to summer camp at a at Camp Crystal Lake here in Florida, where I slept in a cabin. And and if I remember correctly, I did sign up for like one of the little, um, you know, when you go to summer camp, you get to choose like little activities. So you're like, oh, what? I'm going to go water skiing you to choose like an activity. So I did choose one. And I think one of the activities I chose was camping. And I think I stayed overnight in a tent when I was like 10 years old, but that, I don't think that really counts because I was 10 years old and it was like not really that much in the woods. It was kind of like in a field and there was, it was right next to the camp. Uh, the, like the, the lodging areas where there were buildings and stuff. It really wasn't in the middle of the woods. And, 10 years old you don't really care about anything you know you you have no responsibilities you literally don't have to worry about anything um everything's taken care of for you so i don't think that counts so camping modern day camping as an adult as a an, an adult responsible for things having a full you know my consciousness is developed to the point where i now know what's going on i understand the risks associated with what I'm doing. I'm not just some 10 year old, you know, oblivious to the world around me. Camping is pretty terrifying. And a lot of people are going to say that, you know, camping is a really, is it's a great recreational activity where you can enjoy the outdoors and enjoy, you know, uh, being self-reliant and, and, and the, and, it's kind of like a team activity, right? We're all going to get together. We're going to survive. You know, we're, we're going to go out with a, a, just some a, some supplies, a few supplies, our tent, and we're going to provide our own heat. We're going to provide our own uh, shelter and, and our own food. And we're going to take care of, I and mean, we're going to like, we're just going to like survive for a few days on nothing. We're not going to have any, electricity. We're not going to have any um, running water. We're just going to, we're just going to wing it out in the middle of the woods. So this to me is just wildly, wildly dangerous because you're basically taking all of the benefits of living in a safe house where you have walls and doors that are secure and you're just throwing that out the window And you're just going out and staying in like a small, like a tarp, basically held up by a few flimsy rods. Now, that there's nothing to protect you from, you know, the, the number of different things that can happen, right? Now, one of those things, the number one thing I'm primarily concerned about is bears. Now, bear attacks are very rare from what I've found. And I'm surprised, to be honest with you, because bears... I mean, they should be killing people like, like, by the dozens every single day, right? People are like so easy to kill. People are just like camping nonstop in area in the wildlife. I mean, think about the thousands of people that camp every single day. Thousands of people are camping all the time, and there's bears everywhere. Not so much in Florida, but I mean, there there are bears everywhere. You'd think bears would have, you know would have kind of figured out the fact that these people are, are living in or just staying in these flimsy tents that you can just literally tear through easy meal, boom, right there. And so from what I can tell, depending on the type of bear, Brown bears apparently are the most dangerous of the, of the bears of the bear in the, the, the bear family, black bears, brown bears. And then there obviously we have polar bears. Well, if you're anywhere near a polar bear, you're already pretty much in bad shape because polar bears are supposed to be like some of the most violent, and you're also going to be like in the middle of nowhere. So since, and since uh, let's see, since twenty eighteen, there've only been four fatal bear attacks, and these were all in Canadian areas, which is sad because Canadians are such nice people. So to hear that Canadians are being killed is, it's it's very sad. There haven't even been any in 2020, which also surprises me because you would have thought there would have been a lot of camping during the pandemic. Nobody's been killed since 2018. And the last one, it looks like was in, let's see, British Columbia, and and it looks like the autopsy confirmed that they died of a bear attack. Terrifying, but the likelihood of that happening to us here in Florida, very little, very, very small per chance that that would happen. First of all, I don't even think we would have a bear that would be really big enough to do anything to us, but even if it was big enough, I don't think that bear attacks are very prevalent. I've heard stories Um, and there are other animals out there that can be dangerous, but in all likelihood, we're probably not going to get killed by a bear. So that brings me to the second thing that can be very dangerous, serial killers. Now, if you wanted to kill someone, killing someone in a house is going to be highly difficult. Not only are they, first of all, in a home where there's locked doors and locked windows, they also these security systems are so cheap now that everybody has, you know, some sort of wireless camera system. So, you know, you you can't just like be the night stalker anymore and just kind of just go around killing people rapid, rampantly. But if those people are camping, easy target, easy target. I mean, First of all, you know where they're camping because they have designated campsites. So it's like, you don't even have to like scout out a location, boom, that's where they're gonna be. And the second thing is they're gonna be sitting inside their tent, no protection at all, super easy to get inside the tent, really easy to kill them. Unless of course they bring a gun with them, which come to think of it, now I'm thinking might be a good idea for a camping trip, although that that might actually be more of a risk than it would be to, to be, you know, I may make things a little more dangerous. However, I do own a mace. I have a metal mace. It's got spikes on the end, a plastic handle. It's a little flimsy, but I think it would probably kill someone if they were trying, if they were threatening us. So something to consider. Maybe I'll consider bringing that mace. Um, anyways, running low on time. So this is going to end, um, episode two of the podcast. Maybe I'll, I might do a part two. I might not talk more about camping, but, uh, thanks for listening.